Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So I am your host, Sarah Higdon. This is Transform to Freedom. I am happy to be here, y'all. I am actually a little bit tired, though. <laughs> I've been going hard for for a couple weeks now. It's been it's been a good it's gonna been a good busy couple weeks. So, um, if you didn't see yesterday, the second episode of Jubilee that I was on came out. Um, I have, I just filmed a reaction video to that, so I will get that edited and up to you, um, fairly quickly. Let's, so, um, but we're going to talk, honestly, I didn't even, I, I don't know what I want to talk about today, y'all. I mean, I do have the schedule, but the news is kind of depressing. <laughs> It really is. I honestly, I was going to make this just like an ask me anything. So maybe we'll do that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen the latest Jubilee video, go take, take a look. Um, there's a lot with that video. This one was very, very different than the other one. Now, I think I've told y'all filmed it back to back. So I was there for a very long time. We filmed it back to back. Um, one, honestly, I one of the people on on the conservative side of this is like one of the people that's been like stalking me and harassing me for the last year online. So that's that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I have like I said, I just filmed a full. A full reaction video to it, it'll be good, um, and you guys can can see that. Like I said, hopefully tomorrow I get that one out to y'all. Um, but I mean, so the title of the stream tonight is "Are We Heading to a Civil War?" I'm not gonna lie anymore, y'all. Like this is what's kind of crazy about everything that's going on with the the Israel and Hamas conflict. It's not left versus right. Like this issue is not left versus right. It seems to be people on the left are agreeing with people on the right who are, I mean, there's people on the left who are pro pro Hamas and there's people on the right who are pro Hamas. And then there's people on the left who are anti, like pro Israel and people on the right who are pro Israel. And it's just, It's it's a lot. Like I I don't know where we're going. Um, I have a lot of friends in the Jewish community, and honestly, it's starting to get like I've never seen I've never seen anti-Semitism like this in my life. It's getting pretty bad, um, and I don't take like I don't take light. I mean I I don't throw words like that around lightly right but i've seen a lot in the last few months that has really concerned me like in the last month since you know october 7th this has just really divided people and like i said it's not even progressive and it's not even progressives versus first conservatives anymore like the lines are shifting between political factions and everything has to do with whether you're like a complete anti-semite or not like the extremes are going in that direction. I mean, we've seen stuff like this before. Um, we know that like the extreme, the social conservatives would use the power of, they, they want to use the power of government just as much as, you know, the communist left um, just in, in like to, to push their socialist or their social agenda. Um I mean, we've seen people like Nick Fuentes literally say that he thinks that we need a dictator because, you know, stuff that he doesn't like are actually popular. So he wants to put a dictator in and enforce people to change. It's 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 really crazy. And then you have a faction like me who I. I'm not pro U.S. involvement in the Middle East. I'm anti-war. I think that Israel has a right to defend itself. But when Israel start it, it, you know, when Israel does kill civilians, 
that should be condemned just like when the u.s kills civilians this is the whole thing if you forget i mean president obama during his during his reign he dropped i think he dropped a jdam on a hospital like where the hospital without borders stuff like in that didn't move the needle for a lot of people like that i mean that's a war crime um you know somebody like you know sending out prayers to somebody i mean i i'm this is i, I want to send out prayers to somebody like um to actually to justin amash who lost several family members when um a you know a bomb hit next to the church that his family was sheltering in, and multiple of his family members were actually killed in that attack. Um, I think that alone kind of makes it like more real to some people, which is, which is really, it, it's really sad. And those types of things shouldn't happen. Even if I agree that Israel has a right to move in. And this is why I actually said, I've said before, I actually think Israel sending in ground troops is a better strategy than continuously just bombing targets because we know Hamas uses civilians as shields. And so when you bomb those targets, civilians take casualties because of that. If you move in ground troops, you know, you can't target, you're not going to be accidentally killing civilians like that. Rules of engagement are very strict. And so, like, especially when you're fighting in, in, in close combat, you know, gunfights, you are very deliberate in the targets that you're shooting. Like, I remember when our rules of engagement, like when we were in Afghanistan, we were told, we were told all the time, even if a person is shooting at you one minute, the moment they drop their weapon, you're not allowed to kill them. And also, if you shoot them and they're wounded, you have to take them and treat them. Like those are the, the the types of rules of engagement established by the Geneva Convention. And so when Israel, if they want to move in, they have to abide by the Geneva rules of engagement. And if they're not abiding by those rules of engagement, then I don't support that. I think that's that's clear. But they have a right to move in and secure the region. And so there's this clear line where, but a nuanced opinion like I have, it's probably not accepted by either of the extreme sides because either of the extreme sides will then take it and say that I'm on the other side. Um, so I just, I, I just, I don't like it. Um, I don't like what's happening right now. And then we are seeing all these demonstrations across the country. I'm like I said, I've never seen this before. There, ha there's a, there's such a faction that has been lying in wait for so long for something like this to happen, like uh, this, the attack to happen, so that they can start protesting in in favor of Hamas, in favor of terrorism. I don't get it. And and now we're also seeing. So the first story I actually have in talking about this, and this is this it's this is absolutely again it's heartbreaking, and this shows you that it's not it's not a left or right issue. Um, but there was the president of a Detroit synagogue was brutally murdered outside of her home. Now, the police don't reveal the motive of this, but it's not hard to understand what the motive might be. And it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are, because what's interesting, this woman was actually very well known because she worked on democrat campaigns in detroit so this isn't a right or left issue um she worked on the attorney general dana nelson's re-election campaign she also worked for congresswoman elisa slotkin um and there was one more that i saw too um but she was very well known and she was what's crazy to me is she was listed in the Detroit Free Press or Detroit Jewish News as one of the 36 under 36 in 2017 because she worked and she was the founder of the Muslim Jewish Forum in Detroit and extended a hand to try to create y'all I don't know what's going on with my my camera I don't know why it keeps popping up like 
thumbs up and stuff. I need to figure this out. One second. This is so weird. I, I'm going to get balloons coming behind me here pretty soon. And it's, I, I don't know what's going on. Is it in effect? I don't. It's so weird. I don't know. I think we're just going to have to deal with that for this stream because I don't know why it's doing that. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, so she was extending her hand and trying to create a place to you know, br bridge the divides between the Muslim and Jewish communities. Um, and so it's hard to imagine that this was not a targeted attack. And it was... And it's, and it was but it was most likely because she's Jewish and everything that's going on around the world. And um, this is, this is what makes me fear for my, for people, you know, my Jewish friends in my life, um, stuff like this. I know a few of my friends, they live in very heavily Jewish uh, communities here. And, you know, that even before this happened, like synagogues and stuff around the city have been and schools and the Jewish schools in the city. They've absolutely, they, they've had heightened security. They all have security guards and everything like that because there has been these threats for, for quite some time. Um, I've just never seen anything like this. It's, it's absolutely insane. So no matter, I just don't get it. I, I mean, there, I've never seen anything like this. And, there's no doubt that, like I said, she was targeted because of her being Jewish, and in, in my mind, at least. Obviously, the they can't, they don't, they don't, they don't know who it was that did it. Um, but it, I, I don't see it being any other way. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm drinking tonight, so so y'all know. <laughs> It's been a long week, like I said. Um, I know it's only Monday. No, but um, let's see. Yeah, I just—it's hard to really come on here and talk about the news of the day because um, it, you know it's just—it's just. It's just Everything seems so crazy and bleak right now. It's like when I first started doing this show, if you guys remember when I first started doing this show um, a few months ago, I, I was like, I don't want to talk about LGBT stuff every, every night, all the time. I want this to be a normal news show. There's no LGBT stuff in my, in my, in my uh, conversation tonight. <laughs> so... It's it's crazy, right? I wish there was more happy news. Oh, this actually is a good story. This next one, I am happy about this, okay? A bipartisan group of lawmakers is uh, pressuring the Biden administration to drop Julian Assange's case, drop the charges against journalist Julian Assange. Now, if you don't know, if you're... I don't know how old my audience is. Um, Julian Assange... Founder of WikiLeaks, um, back in the early days of the Iraq and Afghanistan war, was publishing classified information that was given to him on uh, by different people. Now, Julian Assange has—they've been trying to extradite him for years now. He's basically been living in—he's been living in prison. He can't like leave, and actually now he is in prison. Um, but he was living in the embassy in, in London for a long time. And what's insane about this story is, like I said, he was he he's the journalist. He's the person that's publishing this stuff that's given to him by other people. He's not the one that's actually breaking the law. He he he's just a, a doing his job as a journalist and giving the public information. Um, it's I mean, whistleblowers we're giving him stuff and this is i he he should he should not be you know this is this should be 
a clear violation. If you if you think that people have natural rights, um, and the First Amendment is a is a natural right. What's insane is Julian Assange is not an American. He's never even stepped foot in America, and we are trying to extradite him for crimes against America. Like, think about that for a second. Like, think about what other countries could do to anybody here. Like, could I be extradited to Iran because I'm homosexual? I don't know. Like, that, that like you start to think about all this stuff, right? And it's like, what if I'm violating the laws of another country? Like, how am I, how, like, and I don't live in that country. I'm not a citizen of that country. I've never been to that country. How are you going to prosecute me for this? And this is just basic journalistic integrity. Like, think about if this was an American journalist, people would be just calling for treason and stuff like that. It's like, no, 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 no. What is the journalist's job? It's to publish the news. It's to publish information that's given to them by people. I don't care that it's classified information. They're not the ones that had access to classified information. They were just given it. Um, I, I think the people that the whistleblowers like Edward Snowden and even Chelsea Manning and, and stuff like that, they shouldn't be charged either because they are whistleblowers. I mean, Edward Snowden re revealed that the government's fine on us. That is why he's the enemy of the state because the government did not want us to know what they were doing with these FISA court documents and, and, and how they were spying on every individual phone calls and everything. Completely violating the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution's illegal search and seizures, right? Um, it's insane. Julian Assange needs to be free. Um, I met his brother last year. Was it last year? Maybe earlier this year. And there's a there's a documentary on his story. And if you don't know his whole story, go and uh, it's called called Invictus. Wait, is it? Let me see. Um, I let me see. I want to get that for it. Get this for you. But it, it's a great document. It's it's such a good. No, it's called Ithaca. Wow, that was a little, that was different. So it's the the Ithaca documentary. You can go watch it. I think it's on. It looks like it might be on YouTube. The trailer's on YouTube. Um, I don't. That's the one other problem is they won't even like a lot. Nobody will platform it. So Julian's brother has been kind of going around to different organizations doing screenings of it because of this. So. Um, but it's a great, I mean, it's a great thing. Like I said, Julian Assange needs to be freed. And actually, if, um, Vivek Ramaswamy has vowed to pardon Julian Assange, um, if he gets into office, that's one of the things that he's talked about. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I, I, I think, but it's, um, so Thomas Massey from Kentucky and James, so a Democrat from Massachusetts, James, James Governor McGovern. Oh, I can't read today. Um, they're they're trying to get the House to push um, to terminate the prosecution, which would then essentially free Julian Assange. So. So Luke. Let me see. This is actually a good point. Luke N says freedom of speech is an inalienable right granted to call by God, not just Americans. Yeah, this is this is what has frustrated me. And I I took I commented actually on the DeSantis campaign. So Ron DeSantis posted on Twitter yesterday that basically I think there was a video that he said that. If you're in a university and you are expressing pro-Palestinian sentiments, then you should have your visa revoked. I, I don't agree with that. I may vehemently disagree with what these people are saying, 
but I don't feel, I, I feel like free speech and our rights are endowed by our creator and not by government. And so if you believe, if you believe that the government should take action against people that are here on visa because they don't express completely pro-American sentiments, then that is still anti-free speech. I am a, I'm, I'm a free speech absolutist when it comes to stuff like this, right? I think that if you believe that they can be that you can take away their visa. The government has the has the right to take away somebody's visa simply for executing what is a free what is what is what is free speech. What is you know an inalienable right endowed by you know endowed by our creator, not government. Then I think you are lost. You believe that the government gives rights. You believe that the government is what grants rights. The Constitution does not grant us rights. The government does not grant us rights. The government, the, the, the Constitution prevents government from taking those rights. But it does not, it, it's, just the, it's, it's just the place where those rights are enumerated for our protection. Everybody in the world has these rights and governments can only trample on them. And so if you think that you can, it's right for us to, you know, have people that are here on visa and take away that right, for, you know, take away them being here simply because they execute what is a constitutionally protected right, what is a what is endowed by our creator, then then you're not for free speech. You are for government rule, um, and you would throw the constitution in the garbage if if. Uh, yeah, you would throw the Constitution in the garbage if you could in order to enact your policies on everybody. Yeah, I'm so done with the DeSantis campaign at this point. I think a lot of people are, are seeing it right now. I I don't I don't know where he goes from here. I mean, this is the I mean, the Republicans in this race are are absolutely insane as well. I mean, going back to the Hamas Israel stuff. Like Nikki Haley is showing truly who she is um, right now with this stuff. I mean, let me see. She had a tweet last week that was that was talking about, you know, we need to get, you know, she doesn't want to have a department of defense, but an department of offense, which means she wants to invade other countries around the world. That sounds sounds awful. Sounds. I I I don't. That is not how our how our system works. Um, here, this tweet right here. She says, "Anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism." It's not. And actually, I love Spike Cohen. Um, so Spike Cohen says, "No, it's not." And according to Nikki's logic, disagreeing with Spike is anti-Semitism because Spike is Jewish. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 like I said, like a true neocon, Nikki Haley's campaign relies on the death and destruction of foreign places to keep it relevant. You know what, Nikki? Um, I, like, if you are all about taking offense like using our troops and where is this? Do I have that? Did I retweet this? Let me see. Actually, Ali London had a great post too. I I, I agree that we are seeing history re repeat ourselves right now um, in a lot of ways. Where is that? Um, Ashley Sinclair had a great post earlier today, which I fully agree with. Let me see. Sorry, I'm just scrolling my Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, all right. Ashley Sinclair says, support the war, immediate draft. War funding, immediate draft. 
Voting for the war as a politician, immediate draft. Warmongers are never the ones to go fight. Don't risk anything except online ratios and portfolio positions. Absolutely agree. And I, 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 I said, and if they, and if they were, they would never advocate for it. That is why so many people have served in combat like me become anti-war after. I've been there and I would never want others to go risk their lives for other people's wars. I'm going to tell you, this is pretty personal. It's an awful feeling to wonder sometimes if my friends died in vain. Because that's what I deal with. I don't believe in my heart that we did. I do believe that we were doing the right thing and we were doing what we thought was just. But I never want people to be put into that situation again. Absolutely not. I am as anti-war as they come. And if you don't have skin in the game and you are advocating for this, then... I, I don't support you. Like if you if you've never been to war and you advocate for war, I don't support you. Um, and that's where it's when you talked about Nikki Haley's campaign again. Let me see. Um, like. Neocons need war to remain relevant. It is what makes them money. The military industrial complex gives them so many kickbacks and they profit off death and destruction. Um, yeah, I can't stand people like Nikki Haley at all. She is one of the worst. Mike Pence is right up there with her. I mean, honestly, like we talked about a few weeks ago, on that debate stage, every single person there was a neocon. I don't support foreign inv invasion. Literally, the reason why, I mean, my political beliefs on this, I am a minarchist, which means that I believe that the only reason why we have a federal government should be to provide a defense force to defend our borders from foreign invasion. Otherwise we would be in a perpetual state of Afghanistan where we're constantly being invaded and having to fight off foreign invaders um, with our AR-15s. I don't, I, I don't think that's the way to go. So that's why I'm not an anarchist um, in the political sense of, an, of, of anarchy. That's the only reason. I don't believe that we should be pushing and going and attacking other countries. I don't think we should be invading other countries because that never works out well. All it does is destabilize everything around the world. Look at, I mean, just Afghanistan and Iraq should have taught us that we don't ever leave things in a better place than what we found them. So we might as well not go and destroy everything in the first place. My opinion, but like I said, I do support Israel's right to defend their land, just like I would. I, I believe in our right to have a force to defend our land. It's basically it. It's as simple as that. I don't know how I went on that rant, how I got on it, but that was good. <laughs> I I I. I just can't stand neocons and people that are not willing to put their money where their mouth is, you know, go fight. If you believe that the fight is right and just, it's just, a, it, it, and it is a just enough cause to send other people's kids to go die, then you should be willing to go and fight in that same war and risk your life too. So that said, we're going to do a, a hard transition into the next story, which is another staffer on Capitol Hill was robbed at gunpoint. 
in Washington, D.C. I seriously, I think this is like the fourth or fifth time this has happened this year alone, where somebody who works on Capitol Hill has been robbed or beaten or, you know, been the victim of a violent crime in D.C. Um, this time it was Alabama Senator uh, Katie Britts, one of her staffers. Um, the suspect basically walked up, pointed a gun in her face and told her to give her her keys and her bag and everything and took off with it. Thankfully, she's safe and she's okay. Obviously, probably still traumatized from this event. But this is what happens every... This is happening all the time in Washington, D.C. Honestly, I, I mean, I was in D.C. a couple weeks ago. Like, this year alone, robberies are up 68% and motor vehicle thefts are up 102%. Where was this? This was back in... This actually earlier this month, Representative Henry was a seller from Texas, Democrat from Texas, was carjacked when three armed men stole his vehicle. <laughs> John says maybe that's why Fetterman wore sweatpants. Yeah, you never know when you're going to need to run away. Um, but in June. There was a staffer for uh, Brian Finstead who was attacked on his way home from the congressional baseball game. And then um, one of Rand Paul's staffers was stabbed in broad daylight, not far from the Capitol. Like there's like nowhere in DC that's safe. I, I, and right now this is the report. So this year, violent crime is up 39% from last year. That is a lot. That is a lot of instances. And that's this time last year, right? I think I might have told y'all this story. Um, when I was there in February, I was staying with, um, I was actually, so I was there. I did the anti-war rally in DC in February. And that was the first time I was on Timcast. I would also filmed, um, Matt Kibbe's show, Kibbe on Liberty, who I now work for at Free the People. Um, so go check that out. And I was staying with my friend Laura. And if you know Laura, Laura is also a trans person who is an activist uh, who is speaking out against this stuff as well. Shout out to Laura. Um, but I was staying at her place when I was there. And we were out on Saturday night and we went out to a restaurant or we went out to a, we went, yeah, it was kind of a restaurant. They were doing karaoke. It was kind of a bar. We were standing outside after it kind of closed and we were kind of chatting with some people when gunshots went off, like literally on the other side of the car, like where we were standing. I'm like, I haven't been shot at since Afghanistan and only there I ever took, you know, in, indirect fire. I never took, Never had small, you know, small arms shot at me when I was there. And even if I would have, I would have been most likely in an up armored vehicle. Um, so that was crazy. And so, yeah, that's the only time I've, I've ever had that happen. I mean, I live in Atlanta and I've never experienced anything like that. Insane, insane, insane. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was like I said, I was just in DC a couple weeks ago, and um, it's just you just never you, you don't know when something like this is gonna happen. Like when I was in in DC, like one of one of the people that I know was gonna walk home one night, and we're like, no, 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 we'll drive you. We will give you a ride, especially since this is happening. I wouldn't be walking anywhere at night there. Um, thank you so much for the super chat. L four LS four twenty stoner um, says I've got to ask, isn't current crime statistics and the feds actively violating our rights proof enough that democracy has failed us and we need a Caesar to fix our society. No, we don't need Caesar to fix our society. Um, we actively need these cities to get rid of their, uh, their, you know, their anti second amendment laws and allow more people to carry firearms so that criminals are less likely to attack people that, because they're afraid that somebody would be armed. Now think, I mean, think about this for a second. We actually saw this in, in Chicago um, when some of their laws were 
um, when, when when they eased some of the restrictions on, on carrying firearms and stuff in Chicago, we saw less crime. We saw the crime rate actually drop a little bit, like home invasion started dropping because criminals are like, I don't know what houses now have firearms, so there's no easy targets. So then they're less likely to, you know, risk their lives going into a situation, you know, robbing homes um, because they're not easy targets. So if more people, more people in the population start carrying, you know, criminals don't know who the, who to rob because like, if you, if you see me on the street, do you know if I'm carrying a firearm or not? You probably don't know. You might think that because I'm trans, I probably don't believe in gun control, but guess what? Or I, I, I you probably believe I do believe in gun control, but guess what? I've got my nine millimeter. You know, we have constitutional carry here in Georgia, so I use it. You know, I carry. Um, so that's what makes criminals think twice. When a criminal is thinking twice about who to rob, um, you don't, you, you have less instance incidents, right? It de-incentivizes crime, you know. But yeah, so just another another victim of violent crime and somebody that's working at the Capitol. And it's like you would think that like if you know con like people that work at the Capitol work directly for um, our politicians are being assaulted. Actually, our politicians are being assaulted in Washington D.C. You would think that they would try to do something about it right but it seems like they don't understand they they, they want to use this type of stuff to push gun control but it's not that i mean Rand paul's staffer was stabbed it's not a gun um that woman in detroit the the woman we talked about in a couple um stories earlier she was stabbed it's not a gun control issue it's a violent crime issue everybody deserves the right and should protect themselves any way necessary. Criminals have these things. We should too. So on to the last story I actually have queued up is Alex Jones. So if you don't know what's going on with Alex Jones, oh, hey, Luca. Um, if you don't know what's going on with Alex Jones, he was sued for defamation, um, after he, one of his theories, you know, he was, he was saying that the Sandy Hook families, uh, like the Sandy Hook shooting was a hoax. Um, and he's since taken it back. I think he's also since apologized to the families and everything like that. He's I, I've heard some stuff about like the situation that he was in at the time. He was not in a good place in his life and it was it was a bad time. So that's the thing is that he uh, he was ordered to pay over a billion dollars to families, which. Will they ever see that? Probably not. What they're trying to do is they're trying. I mean, they, it seems like they just want. To end this person's life, like how do you charge somebody a billion dollars? They're going to be paying that for the rest of their lives. Um, and the thing is, uh, and so a judge this week said that his chapter 11 bankruptcy that he's filing, he's not able to, he's actually not able to discharge that debt, um, in bankruptcy. So even as th that moves forward, he's still going to be required. But he, I mean, basically he's like, because, because basically, so they say willful and malicious injury to another person or property are considered non-dischargeable debt and are never eligible um, no matter what during a bankruptcy filing. So there are some stuff that where you can't, you know, discharge the debt in bankruptcy. Um, But Jones basically was, I mean, he, he said, let me see, where was this? He said in a video that um, it, basically this ruling is all academic because he doesn't have a million dollars. He doesn't have a billion dollars. He says, my company has a few million, but that's just to pay the bills in my 
product in the future. So we are literally on empty. Um, what he also said, you know, he has a million dollars, but he's has a billion dollars in debt. Like he's already, he's, he has a lot in debt just to keep, you know, his operations running. Um, he did say they won't take away my free speech. Um, he's still going to be on the air. So I don't know. Let me see. Yes. Alex, they're making the frogs gay Jones. And again, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on, on YouTube. Um, what's interesting about that. There's, you know, you can, you have the Alex Jones was right jar. And if you remember, I spoke about um, the PFAS chemicals that are now in water a few months ago, which are known to cause, you know, changes in hormone levels. And they're in like 46% of our water supply. I um, mean, they've also been known to do something weird with frogs. So he wasn't completely off base in that comment. He just looked like a, uh, he looked like a lunatic at the time because the way that he was saying it, it sounded crazy. But when you start, then you, few years later, it's like, was he wrong? Who knows? I'm not going to say either way, but I'm pretty sure that there is something. If you look it up that, um, that would say that he was, he was kind of before his time on that one too. I used to think, yeah. And then, um, yeah, exactly what they're doing. It's punitive and they, they want him silenced. They, they want, it's not even that they just want him off the air. They want his, they want him, they want it to ruin his life. He will never be able to pay this debt back for as long as he lives. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, Hell ho kitty says, Sarah, are we, do we drive you to drink? I'm sorry. Not y'all. I love y'all. You are my people. You didn't drive me to, you didn't drive me to drink. Um, the situation that we're dealing with in the world right now, that's what drove me to drink tonight. It is what it is. <laughs> but that's all with the news I have for today. Like I said, actually starting um, at the beginning of the episode, let's do something we've never done on this show because I have a, I, there's quite a few of you watching right now. Um, so let's do an ask me anything type segment. Let's pull some, let's get some questions out there. Let's, let's do this. Um, Luca and Luca, um, is a friend I met in when I, when I was speaking up in Wisconsin, um, amazing person she was on a jubilee episode the trans versus detrans episode so definitely go check that out i think she she and shapeshifter were both the stars of that show so it was a great conversation not nearly as crazy as the one that i took part in two weeks ago that aired two weeks ago um and it was actually a really good conversation i really like that um but Lucas says, I feel like Alex Jones is an embodiment of the sentiment. You may have had a point, but why did you phrase it like that? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. It's like, I agree with what you're saying. But the way you're saying it. I, I don't agree with type stuff, right? Like, you know, you you probably win more people over if you were a little bit more tactful in the way you say things. But that's always been Alex's style, too. So I don't know. Um, let's see. I don't know how you put up with two Ju Jubilee episodes in a row, let alone how crazy your one was. Yeah, I know. And actually, if you go on there, um, let me actually see. I'm pull this up. Um, maybe. But Blair said something similar <laughs> in the comment section of that one. 
in the, in the latest one because yes, I I filmed them filming them back to back, and what this thing is, each one was maybe like four hours, three or four hours. So the first one was absolutely crazy and draining, and I got so got there at like eleven a.m. again, West Coast time. Started filming probably around noon. I think this that at first that we took a thirty minute break in between um, in between prompts on that one to kind of calm everything down, and then we did another couple hours. But I think that one stopped filming around three or four, and then the next one started filming. I was there until about eight o'clock, and again I'm on East Coast time. It's three hour difference, so eight, nine, ten. Was it 11 o'clock my time by the time I was even done filming and trying to be articulate and smart for that period of time? It's hard. It's hard to do a three-hour show sometimes, which I've done two and three-hour shows. That's difficult. But to be on for eight hours, yeah. But I did it. It was, I'm not going to say, I mean, I would do it again. I would definitely do it again. I think that they were um, Jubilee. Everybody there was 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 nice, um, especially at the uh, at the shoot. Let me see. Where is it? I think I have it. Yeah. So here we go. And present share screen. Window photos. Oh, I'm gonna make that bigger. So this is what Blair actually said on the the, the latest video. She said, Queen Sarah, she filmed this the same day as our fever dream debate, and I don't know how she did it, a soldier for real. Such a sweet thing for Blair to say. I love Blair. Um yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into, but it was it was crazy. Um, one second. So we got, thank you for the super chat. Christopher says, why is crime so bad in cities like D.C. and not Tucson? Um, if I'm not mistaken, Tucson has, so Arizona has, doesn't have strict, gun laws right um other than that i don't really know i yeah i don't think arizona has strict strict gun laws and so most people a lot of people it's kind of like texas um it's not super crazy there um but also city ordinances how much you know how much police this is what's even crazy about dc this is what i don't get about dc is that um is that DC has cops everywhere around the Capitol, but other than around the Capitol, I don't know. I, I don't see them. So the fact that it's so bad around the Capitol and in, in that DC area is what's kind of, it's kind of insane to me. Yeah. Luca, do the Jubilee producers let you guys talk to each other outside the prompts before you guys finished filming? Uh, she didn't last. No, 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 no. So absolutely. It was the same. They did not let us, like when we got there, they told us not to talk to each other. Obviously, like me and Blair gave each other a hug and we talked for a second. Me and Andrew, Andrew um, spoke a little bit. Jessica, I, I, I knew Jessica, I knew Blair um, and meeting Andrew was super awesome. But yeah, we weren't allowed to speak to each other. And actually, when we took a, when we took the break, they said they separated us into all different rooms. So we couldn't like we couldn't talk to each other then, but then like mine was like kind of in the my room was like in the main area. So I kind of stood in the doorway, and Andrew was like on the other side of the room on a, like the big main room that has like four or five tables in it. He was on the very other end, and Blair and Joey were like sitting on the end by me, and then the director was kind of in the middle. So we were all kind of just hanging out, but we weren't really allowed to talk to each other. We were kind of just talking to the director, but yeah. It, she didn't want us because they, they don't want you. They want everything all your, they well, one, they don't want you to 
you know, coordinate attacks on people and stuff like that. They really just want you to everything to be raw and real in front of the camera. But it, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Luke N says, I would love to see you. I would love to see a show with you and Buck Angel, the lady in the blue outfit, and you were the best representations on the size. That the uh the mom on this latest episode was so sweet. And I, I talk about this in my reaction video that I talk about. She was, I truly do feel. I, I told, and I told her straight up, I said, I feel like I try to give parents in a lot of these situations a lot of grace um, because many are put into an impossible situation. And so it, it, what do you do? You just want what's best for your child. And I think a lot of parents are being manipulated into this. Um I always go back to Chloe Cole's testimony in front of Congress a couple weeks ago where she addressed the mom of a trans child as well and how she saw her parents in this mom. And I, I always do that. Now, me and this, me and her actually spoke for about, well, I gave her, I gave her a hug. We, we hugged um, in the hallway and then we spoke for about 20 minutes afterwards. And because I really do think that there's probably a lot of stuff we agree on. Um, just not in that debate. I mean, just not, but we're very, you know, we're okay with an open with conversation. I, I'm not going to say what she, you know, said or agreed with just out of respect for her, but I did tell her, I said, I think that a lot of what's happening with a lot of parents is there are parents that have Munchausen syndrome that, are pushing their children into transition for internet clout. And those that, that, that smaller percentage was being, is what's being shown mostly online. And it's making every parent that just wants what's best for their child. is I think that they are misguided, but I don't think that they are evil people, but I think that they are very misguided and they're just trying to do what's best for their children. It's making all of them look very, very bad. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, like you said, she was just a, a very sweet woman. I have nothing but nice things to say about her. Like I said, I, I think she's very misguided. I, I disagree with her, but it's okay that we can, you know, agree to disagree on stuff. Um, I also believe that, I also believe that her, um, I also believe that her children transitioned as adults. She talked about her children socially transitioning younger, but if I'm not mistaken, I think it might have even been cut out. She said her children transitioned as adults. So I'm not, I'm okay with that, you know. Yes. They've done videos in the past. They haven't done any videos recently, um, which... I don't blame them. Um, there is a point when you, in, you know, there is things that need that are more private online. I'll just say that from my own personal perspective, this isn't even um, what Blair would say. I don't know. I think she might be, she may have talked about this, but personally, there's things that relationship-wise, family stuff is stuff that when you're a public person, I don't see any way. I don't like promoting a lot of that. I don't put a lot of that stuff out online because I'm a public person, but my, you know, who I'm dating or what like that, like that is not a public person. And so it would be, they don't need to deal with the, the hate that I deal with on, on a daily basis. Luca says, were the Jubilee people really tense when you guys filmed because the trans D trans one, all the staff felt a bit nervous because I think they thought it would be an episode where things might go down. Well, it was interesting because, you know, we were the second, um, we were the second episode that they shot that day. So they kind of flipped it. So we shot our, they shot the episode that they released last week um, first. And then they shot the one, me, Blair, and all of them in the middle of the day. And then this one was shot at the end of the day. The first one they said, I mean, the director told me beforehand that it was kind of like they, it was very just it was hard to get people to disagree. So obviously there was no tension there. Um, 
filming wise, I don't, I don't know if they were that tense. Everybody was, like I said, they were very cordial and everything like that during filming. I'm telling you, they had to cut so much out. Like in the, in like the prompts, like there was one time, I think it was in the military prompt, which was actually the first prompt. They literally, the director had to come out from behind the desk at one point because she had already stopped it three or four times. And she said, I'm already in this way more than I want to be. Can we just try to get this done? <laughs> like type stuff. And tried to talk some sense and be like, you don't want to be the person that looks like this on, you know, when, the, when these, it's not going to look good on you. If you're just the combative person all the time, and you're not trying to find, um, not trying to find common ground. It was interesting. I talked to some of the people, I talked to some of the camera people and everything like that. Um, in between the two episodes and one of them said he's been there and he said that's that's the craziest he's ever seen it got um it was it was insane now he did say that they did have people like security on staff and one of them which i guess was like the the police versus ex-con episode um which kind of got really tense as well with like people even standing up and getting in people's faces and stuff like that so that was a different episode i haven't seen it but i'd I have to go watch so i would go check that out um yeah by the end of the day you could tell though like the director and everybody else they were just they were exhausted because it was two exhausting debates and i'm right there with them um Neil Wolf, um, what is the name of the second Jubilee episode debate you're in? So it's called Undecided. It was a new concept that they were coming up with, and it said um, it was there's three groups. There's kind of the liberal side, and then the conservative side, and then you had an undecided side. And they were like, all three of them were like 17 year old, 17 years old, I believe. And basically, the the prom, like the the main point of it was are you like are minors able to consent to transition or can my should minors be allowed to transition uh, but there was like some of the very similar prompts that you normally get and then it was kind of like the two sides kind of discussed the prompt um and then the undecided after the prompt would go and make up their mind as to which side they sided with more and then at the very end of the episode, everybody, all the undecided decided what um, side that they were going to actually go in. Like their, their final, like their final decision as to what side they thought made the better argument on the, on the main prompt or on the main episode title, should children be allowed to transition. It's an interesting concept. I think, um, I think it will actually do well. Uh, for Jubilee, um, because it does have a moderator in the center. It was difficult to do though. Like I, because I, I didn't really agree with the two people on my side on a lot of issues. In fact, like I said, one of them is somebody who literally hates me. Like, and I, it, it is really interesting to see in the comments. A lot of the comments are saying, you know, Sarah's great. And I think Sarah, you know, Sarah did really well, but the two other conservatives didn't really, um, I, I am turned off basically by the two other conservatives. It's really interesting to watch because again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a libertarian. I'm in, I'm not, it's interesting because I'm a right leaning libertarian. And so they always kind of cast me into conservative spaces because I grew up in conservative spaces. Most of the people I talk to and work with are conservatives. But the far, far, you know, the extreme, like social conservatives don't really like me very much. Um, thank you for the for another super chat. Christopher Alcine says, Blossom is horrible and Alex told on himself a lot. They all did. Like that's, if you, you saw my reaction video to it, um, every prompt, they were like, the, all of them kind of set themselves up so much and and part of my debate style is asking questions that i know i have a feeling i know the answer to because either it's going to go in my favor or i can or i can argue the other side of it like i don't ask questions that i kind of don't know what i'm going to get um and so like yeah alexander 
when I asked him the question about, you know, what does what his dysphoria is and what, you know, and explain what actual gender dysphoria is and then said it has nothing to do with, um, you know, masculine and femininity masculinity and femininity has nothing to do with being trans and like that's because that's all like based on like regressive stereotypes he told on himself like you said his transness is based on what he perceives as his masculine or his femininity slash masculinity and the way he dresses every day that's kind of the way that i saw it that's the way that it came across to viewers blossom basically was like some adults don't know what don't even know what they're doing and so then yeah it's so why sh why should if adults don't even know then how, how do minors right um and then there was i mean shane teed me up asked me a great question and i can knock it right down like that was there were some good ones you know yeah i know i I could not imagine somebody like Blossom being on your episode, Luca. That would have been crazy. Yeah, because and I think that's that was the thing is um, your episode was very good. I I really liked watching your episode. Like I said, it seemed like you you had genuine people. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine somebody like alexander or blossom coming in there and trying to steamroll you i mean they already they tried to steamroll andrew sweet andrew tried to you know bow up on him and yeah and luca you're also just a very you, you and andrew are actually quite similar just very sweet kind people um and even I, I know that it was very difficult for you to speak in some of yours because there was points where you paused because you were talking. Um, I think you were the you, like I said, I think you were the star of, of, of your episode. And I think it really. Yeah. And this is what I, I, I kind of said that. Yeah. If you would have you would have had a panic attack, it would have it would have been bad. And I, I, I honestly I think this is why Jubilee needs to revamp the way that they they um they need to i i i wonder if they pick they picked the right the people for your episode knowing that nobody was going to go like really force that on you know force their will on on people like that because i when you deal with when you're dealing with such a sensitive topic such as detransition um you have, I mean, detransitioners have been through enough, so I can't imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine Jubilee sending somebody like Blossom in there to argue with you about your experience. So maybe they did have that in mind, but I, I, I think that they need to look at something because like I said, I was not like the last thing that I thought was Arthur Shaper was going to be walking in into that door, but Blossom walks out, Arthur walks in and I'm like, like, I'm like, this is going to be a long two hours. And like I said, thankfully he didn't, he, he actually didn't say a single word to me on or off camera, but then he did take to the internet and insult me some more last week. So it is, it is what it is. Um, The, the troublemaker says, Hey, are you and Chloe planning to visit Vegas for any discussions? It seems Vegas isn't a city that gets many speak speakers on this. I don't have any plans to come to Vegas this year. I will be there next year, probably for freedom fest. Um, as I would normally do is yeah, I'd probably be coming for freedom fest next year. I don't know Chloe's schedule on that. Obviously we, she does a lot more stuff than I do. Um, we're st I'm still trying to get some more speaking events here coming up soon, but I, I don't, I don't have anything lined up actually at the moment anywhere. But um, if you know any organizations that want to bring me out there to speak, I'm always available to speak. Still wish you could have been on the episode with me, Luca. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I wish I would have done it too. 
Um, obviously there was some restrictions with me coming on. Um, I, I wasn't in a place to be able to come out there at the time, but it, I told them actually when they were interviewing me up for, um, cause I was actually, cause I, um, I gave them Luca's name because I, I knew you would be great for it, but, um, I had interviewed for the transverse D trans episode. And when they interviewed me for the, uh, the conservative transverse liberal trans episode, they asked me one of the things, cause I did a reaction video and they said, what do you think we could have done differently? I said, it would have probably been better with me on there. Cause I do think that we would have found a lot more common ground because I would have, it wouldn't have been so divided because I would have been the trans person that was agreeing with a lot of the detransitioners on a lot of the prompts. So it would have been a lot different episode, I think, with me on there. And um, I also, if we did have somebody like Blossom on there and I was on there, I would have been able to help defend y'all a little bit more as well um, because I can handle myself and stuff like that. So, yeah, <laughs> it would have been a great episode. Um, but y'all, we have hit the top of the hour and, and then some, and so I am going to get going. I thank everybody for joining. Um, again, we do this show every Monday, 7 PM Eastern time. I am planning on putting out my reaction video to this new one tomorrow, to this new Jubilee episode tomorrow. Like I said, I hope I don't get the copyright um, issues on it. If I don't, but I'm, I'm planning on putting it out tomorrow. I'm going to be out of town the rest of the week. Um, and so be back next Monday at the same time. And remember, follow me across all social media platforms, and I'll see you all next time. <laughs>